Hey guys, welcome to Operation PlayStation 4, Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, Ash. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about a few things that has happened within the last week in PlayStation, including last night's big reveal of Soul Hackers 2, uh, the new Shin Megami Tensei sequel to the PlayStation uh, and 3DS uh, remake when they did that uh, back almost a decade ago now. I think it's over a decade now. Um, we're also going to be talking about Horizon stuff. But there's a whole bunch of Horizon news this week. Uh, Street Fighter 6. And of course, Cyberpunk. Because why not? We can't go past one episode of this podcast without talking about Cyberpunk. So... Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, welcome to episode 8, guys. Uh, it's been a while since we've done an Operation PlayStation. This will be the last um, Wednesday episode, by the way, guys. Uh, we're going to be moving to Friday uh, for a, a couple of specific reasons. One of them being that my new co-host uh, works <laughs> on uh, every day except for Thursdays. Uh, and that's probably when we'll be recording the episodes and then uh, posting them on Friday, except for like if we need to do a state of play episode or something like that. So um, that'll be uh, happening real soon. Um, it'll be just a solo podcast for the next, I think, four to five episodes. So um, I'm okay with that, to be honest. Uh, when, you know, um, the... Uh, when I reveal my co-hosts when they come on board, uh, they, you know, um, the reason being is one, they're actually just starting a new job, um, so they're kind of getting settled in, and two, they're actually moving house and moving into state. So, um, you know, we're given we're we're spacing it out, but they've agreed they're going to be doing this with me, and I'm really excited to be doing it with them. Um, they're very much a PlayStation centric person. They've um, the big fans of. Uh, PlayStation. So, um, yeah, it's going to definitely be interesting, uh, when we get this going as a, you know, co-hosted podcast once again. So, uh, but for now it'll be a solo podcast. Um, and it comes out every two weeks. Uh, so, uh, if you didn't know, this is operation PlayStation dash gamer.com's dedicated PlayStation podcast, where we dive deep and dirty and discover what the latest and greatest PlayStation have to offer, including what's out in 2022. I'll go, you know, the lines are still mixed up and everything else. But if you like what you hear today, make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings. They surely help us out. But yes, of course, check us out on dashgamer.com. I'm out of practice, as you can tell. Uh, the intro is all over the place. But this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, first of all, housekeeping. Uh, let me think. There's a few things that's up on Dash Gamer. So um, for the casual and Nintendo fan, I guess, I built this uh, while I was away. Uh, it was just a, a small passion project uh, that I really wanted to get into. And, um, you know, I've been seeing mods for Game Boys uh, for a long, long time. And I've always wanted to build one for myself. It's not completely finished yet. But it is uh, mostly finished. I've got to replace the rubbers inside. And also, I just ordered a USB-C rechargeable pack for the back of this bad boy. So, But it works really well. I'm happy. There's an article up on dashgame.com about the process. Um, I'd love for you guys to check that out. Also, Horizon uh, Forbidden West walkthroughs. We're going to be talking about my first impressions on that game here today. So make sure that you listen right through. Um, also, Uncharted 
Um, there's a review of the Uncharted Legacy Collection right now on dashgamer.com. Make sure you guys check that out. Also, a couple of opinion pieces as well. Uh, there was one that I wrote about... Um, can't exactly remember. Oh, it was about the uh, Direct and State of Plays and how I'm kind of not feeling them at the moment. Um, very much in a position right now where they're not really doing much for me. Uh, they're, they're kind of there and I, their creative direction is kind of lacking a little bit. So um, it's going to it's an interesting time at the moment in gaming because I feel like um, there's going to be a very di uh, a diluted year. And the reason I say that is because we're going to get some bangers, but we're also not going to see many games. So it's going to be, I think the pandemic is going to, we're really going to feel the effects of the pandemic this year. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. Definitely going to be an interesting one. We've got some, I've got some news about uh, confirmation of a, you know, first party AAA title that is, has been touted for this year, but you know, it's it's whether or not it actually happens. It's been delayed from 2021 to 2022, and we'll talk about that soon, but I'm not too sure. Um, our Life is Strange remastered collection has also been kind of pushed back a little bit, and the reason being is um, they, they're actually pushing out patches of it as I'm recording this today, and uh, I haven't actually played right through it. It's actually going to be like a little while because I've got to get through Horizon Forbidden West first. Um, I really wanted to finish it over the course of the last weekend, the previous weekend, but you know, there's there's so much happening now that you got that. Then we got Elden Ring coming out this week, which I'm going to be covering thanks to Bandai Namco. Um, Gran Turismo will be out next week as well, uh, which I'm sure I'll be covering thanks to PlayStation Australia. Um, it, it's just yeah, there's a whole lot happening right now, um, and yeah, it, you know, it's exciting, but it's also kind of difficult to kind of uh, plan around it as well. Plus, um, I've rebooted the YouTube channel as well, where, uh, you know, I'm doing uh, live streams now almost every day. Um, so if you check that out, you know, uh, it's, you know, something that I kind of wanted to do for a very long time since 2017. Um, I put it off because I, then I started focusing on the website and podcasting and everything else. Um, but I'm finally getting back into it. And the great thing is that I'm able to play some of these games, you know, um, uh, but you know, obviously, I can't play some prior to embargo. But once the embargo hits, I can play them on stream, which is really cool. And you know, I'm also focusing on um, a lot of classics, a lot of eight bit stuff, uh, Kaizo, Super Mario World, and all that kind of stuff. So I would really love it if you guys could check that out. Uh, it's all happening right now on our YouTube channel. Okay, so I'm not going to waste any more time today. I'm actually going to jump into uh, the news. <coughs> So the first bit of news comes by way of Robert Ramsey over at Push Square, who says, uh, Soul Hackers 2 brings Shin Megami Tensei to PS5, PS4 in August. Now, I have recently actually been playing the first one. Um, I, like, we, I started playing this uh, with a friend and because they love uh, Soul Hackers. Uh, they love the Shin Megami Tensei series. The original being on PlayStation, non-translated it was never localized and then they localized it on 3ds and uh you know you got such great voice acting from very much a renowned cast of um voice actors now like sam regal uh, laura bailey um 
Liam O'Brien, Matthew Mercer. We're talking like a lot of critical role cast in this. Um, and then there's other people who are notorious within the industry, Troy Baker. You know, a lot of people got involved with the first one. And the gameplay style of the first one is very much an old Shimagami Tensei style corridor uh, RPG. This here, for, from first impressions of actually seeing it, looks almost like a Persona 5 clone. And it's kind of worrying a little bit. However, let me go read the article. Just, wow, just like that. It's not often that Atlas uh, gets straight to the point, but with the uh, but following a teaser countdown, Soul Hackers 2 has finally been revealed. It's even it even has a worldwide release date. Uh, this looks like a modern Shimigami Tensei experience, a party-based RPG with all the familiar demons. And no, it isn't exclusive to Nintendo's system, uh, as has been the case with about every Shimigami Tensei game in recent memory. It's actually coming to both PlayStation 5 and 4 on August 26, 2022. For those totally out of the loop, this is some kind of sequel uh, to the original Dev Devil Summoner Soul Hackers which was a Sega Saturn and PlayStation game back in the 90s. Uh, it was ported to the 3DS much later in 2012. Okay, so, as said um, in the article, very much um, Soul Hackers was... Uh, so, well, Shimagami Tensei usually comes to, like, Nintendo consoles. The f I mean, the first one got ported, albeit, you know, way later down the line to the 3DS. It's, this is not getting a Nintendo Switch release, which is interesting. Now, not to say that, like, I, I think that kind of keeping it exclusive to one platform these days is a little... Uh, 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 I don't want to say ignorant. It kind of is like one of those things where um, they really need to kind of broaden their horizons now through Atlas. And they've admitted that themselves by pulling, putting out those polls in the past saying, hey, where would you like uh, some of these titles to land on? You know, like Persona 5 should have been on Nintendo Switch by now. Um, it's a PS3 game. You know, it just got refined for PS4. Uh, should this game be on Switch? Yeah, of course. But, should it, but am I excited that it's coming to PlayStation? Most definitely, because that's the platform that I'll be playing it on. Um, you know, uh, if anything, it's such a gorgeous, gorgeous looking game uh, already. And and like I said, by the look of it, even some of the camera work, the character art, the graphics and everything, I feel like what's happened with Atlas is they've taken a lot of the Persona 5 engine, the in-game engine, and just copied and pasted it over a lot of stuff. You know, not to say anything, but Shimigami Tensei 5 performed poorly on uh, the Nintendo Switch. So I'm kind of glad that Atlas turned around and said, well, we know how it's going to perform on Nintendo Switch. Let's hold off and polish it. Maybe we'll bring it there down later down the line. But, you know, to even know that Shimigami Tensei kind of has been rumored to hit PlayStation, I'm kind of glad that their focus on bringing this to PlayStation is there. It's also been focused to bring to Xbox digitally and also PC and Steam, which is something because Xbox is coming to Xbox. Like, what the hell? You know, those rumors of Persona landing on Xbox earlier in the year were interesting or earlier in last year were very interesting. This might have been that conversation that was uh, happening with Atlas. We may actually still see it. You know, we may actually still see it. But at the moment, Soul Hackers 2 uh, is due out in August for, you know, all those other platforms besides 
Nintendo Switch. And that's and that to me is really interesting already in the first place. That we're not seeing this, you know, generally an exclusive land on play like uh, on Nintendo. This is a, a PlayStation physical exclusive. So very interesting. Very interesting times right now. And to see Atlas kind of uh devoting a little bit to you know Xbox as well. That is that is definitely something that, you know, was I expecting? Kind of, but was I expecting it to be Shimagami Tensei title? No, I was expecting it to be something along the lines of let's test the waters with like a Persona uh Persona 4 Golden port from the PC to Xbox, or even Persona 5 vanilla to Xbox to keep uh Royal exclusive to PlayStation. But who knows now what's happening? Like, it, this is very, very interesting. Uh, the next story comes by way of Sammy Barker over at Push Square. These are all Push Square stories today, by the way, guys. I had to rush to get this uh, all organized today. But this one comes by way of Sammy Barker over at Push Square, who says, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, PS5, PS4 visuals, uh, issues a high-priority patch incoming ASAP. Uh, Gorilla working to resolve HDR shimmering and popping problems. Now, that was something I was going to bring up in my first impressions. Was the popping problems. So I will bring that up. However, the article reads, Horizon Forbidden West looks incredible on both PlayStation 5 and perhaps surprisingly PlayStation 4, but it's not flawless. Its presentation does have a few issues, including HDR hiccups, shimmering, and popping. The good news is that developer Guerrilla Games is on the case, and after last week's hot fix, it's already planning to release another title update as soon as possible. Quote, thank you for sharing your various visual issues with us via our support form. End quote. A spokesperson wrote on the game's official Reddit page, quote, the team are working vigilantly uh, to resolve these issues. Please continue to use the support form and share videos. Uh, in brackets, recordings of, you, uh, of your TV and monitor are useful, end quote, and provide us with as much information as possible, end quote. The Dutch developer added that it appreciates fans fr- uh, appreciates fans' frustration, but it's working as quickly as it can. Quote, we understand your frustrations and appreciate your patience. We are doing our best to get you back into uh, back out into the wilds uh, so you can explore all the secrets of the Forbidden West, end quote. Yeah, so uh, I was going to mention this in my first impressions, but I guess I can mention this early. I, I have experienced a couple of um, hiccups. Here and there with my uh, first playthrough, which is up on dashgamer.com. I did make mention of it. Um, I saw it happen within the, the title sequence, mainly. The title sequence was definitely strong with like a lot of texture pop in that was happening. I, I didn't expect uh, there to be so much of it. Um, but I mean, look, I'm glad that. Gorilla have taken the time to say, okay, cool, look, there are problems. We know. And we're working on it. We know. Uh, but we're not going to actually put our development team under any more pressure. And there's something that's coming up on this, by the way. The, there'll be an, there is another article that's practically on crunch time and all that kind of jazz. But they're, they're, they're taking their time with uh, development of this game, regardless of it being out already too. So we did get a hot fix. There was, I did play the game pre-fix. Um, and that is part of my first hour. That is my, my first hour is pre-hot fix. So um, what I did notice was uh, texture pop in. I didn't see a lot of HDR issues. Shimmering was definitely a problem. Um, there were a couple of frame rate dips. 
but that's nothing for me to kind of uh, write home about. Like, it's honestly, it's still flawless in very much his presentation, his gameplay. I had no issues playing Horizon Forbidden West. Now, I know there are, there are a few people who did. And I know that they're seeing the game and going, oh, okay. But there's also the case where you got trolls that are kind of review bombing uh, the game just for the sake of doing it at the moment um, across across the board, basically Metacritic and even on PlayStation consoles, you know, where you can rate the game out of five stars. I, it, that is petty. That's pettiness. Um, I can understand uh, giving off some constructive criticism towards it and, you know, saying, okay, can we get a, a good fix for this? Because this is now like, that's, that's just not, not on. We don't, we don't want that. So for me to see the pettiness of some of these um, fans, fans, it's it's not it's not on. Like it's it's honestly crap. You know, um, these developers have worked really hard around the clock for this game and to even put it out this year because it was delayed from last year, and for fans to respond like this is bullshit. So uh, hopefully, you know. I don't know what kind of hotfix is going to work for Gorilla at this time to kind of get everything sorted, but I hope it gets sorted real soon. Um, yeah, it's just it's just crap to see that that that's not something you know you want to see from fans that you know, especially one like fans like myself that have been waiting for this game for a very long time, and actually you know we get to see it, we get to play it, and everything. But then there's the surrounding aspect of just people wanting to ruin it because they get you know. They get their lols out of it. That's just, to me, that's just bullshit. Anyway, uh, the next one comes by way of uh, Sammy Barker over at Push Square once again, uh, who says The Quarry could be the next game from Until Dawn Dev, uh, potentially published by 2K Games. Uh, he goes on, a trademark for a new title named The Quarry, created by Until Dawn developer Supermassive Games, has been spotted online. Uh, the documentation is light on details, uh, but includes the above logo and covers game software. Uh, this appears to be separate from the Dark Anthology, sorry, the Dark Pictures Anthology, which is published by Bandai Namco, and will receive and will receive its fourth installment, a season finale, The Devil in Me, potentially later this year. We hear we heard prior to Christmas that 2K Games was publishing a new title from Supermassive Games, and that the information has been corroborated by a VGC report. Of course, we'll check with both the publisher and developer to try and get some clarification. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I wouldn't have thought that um, Supermassive would actually work with anyone else besides Bandai Namco on these kind of titles. Because Bandai Namco have been pretty much, um, you know, on the ball with Supermassive's um, story releases. Uh, you know, the vis visual novel or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, uh, cinematic experience, interactive cinematic experiences, basically. So to see that, you know, 2K are actually picking this one up to publish, I'm surprised by it, especially it being 2K games as well. Now, whether or not the quarry kind of separate, whether or not the quarry separates itself from the Dark Pictures anthology or not, it's still Supermassive Games putting out one of their trademark, uh, you know, interactive cinematic games, you know, the, the, those storytelling titles. Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology has kind of made a name for itself after Until Dawn. Until Dawn was huge for PlayStation, PlayStation 4 at the time. 
so to see it now coming out that the quarry is now uh, going to be under 2K, very unexpected in a way. Um, I don't know what kind of, like, whether it be under the same kind of genre category that they've uh, worked with in the past, but 2K to be publishing this might say that it may not be what we expect in terms of one of those stories. It might be completely different. This is not something that we now like expect from Supermassive in terms of uh, what they've done with Until Dawn and Dark Pictures. This might be completely a completely different experience, but kind of similar in the same vein of, you know, an Until Dawn. So who knows? It does sound like like the from the look of the logo and everything else, it does look like it's going to be a horror game. So who knows? Who knows where it's going? But uh, I hope for one that they kind of stick with you know, what they know, because if it's going to be one that they kind of, um, deviate from, uh, the interactive experience and we're talking like maybe a shooter or something, like I wouldn't expect Supermassive to be working on something like that at all because, you know, like Supermassive, uh, Supermassive games and their library, um, just pretty much right now is full of, here, from here, this comes from Wikipedia. Basically, like Supermassive Little Big Planet, uh, Killzone was one of the uh, shooters that they worked on. They developed that for PlayStation 3. It was the Killzone HD. So, I mean, but that, that was obviously, you know, a, a remake of um, the first one from Gorilla to, uh, from PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3. So really, they just kind of ported it, upraised some of the graphics and everything else. But everything here, like even the Doctor Who, the Eternity Clock, that's a story one, but wasn't that great. You know, uh, Little Big Planet 2, Start the Party, which was, uh, <laughs> you know, really, they've kind of made their mark more or less around the Until Dawn titles or the uh, Dark Pictures anthology. You know, they had Bravo Team, which was fine, but it wasn't anything special. Uh, the Impatient was okay. A lot of people kind of made a big deal about it, but I reckon it was, you know, okay. Like, I think it got like a 6.5 on a lot of websites. So at least that's what I remember. Um, Hidden Agenda, I don't even remember that game, like at all. So that says something. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what uh, they're up to. I guess it's going to be something different. I hope, look, I hope they stick with what they know is all I'm saying. Because Supermassive are good at it. So, anyway. Guys, let's talk about Street Fighter VI. This one comes by way of Robert Ramsey, once again, over at Push Square, who says, Street Fighter VI announced uh, more info hits this summer. Uh, Reuse Beard is back, apparently. <laughs> Capcom's mysterious countdown has ended, and guess what? It was all an in aid of Street Fighter VI. The long-rumored project is finally official, and, well, that's pretty much it. Uh, all we have is a brief teaser that features Ryu, with complete, complete with facial hair, and a series newcomer Luke, who was the final DLC character for Street Fighter V. No platforms have been confirmed, but it's safe to say Street Fighter VI will be on PlayStation 5. Capcom says that more information on the game is coming this summer. I will say, first of all, that this was an interesting one because I would have thought that, uh, that that countdown was going to be for Resident Evil 4 Remake. It has been strongly rumored that Resident Evil 4 Remake will make its way to consoles this year and will be announced before April. So 
<laughs> by the, you know, it was, it was safe to say that it was going to be Street Fighter 6 anyway because the countdown clock ended on, you know, some esports event that was happening. You know me, don't like esports, don't care. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there's, uh, it's, it's interesting that now, you know, all of a sudden we're getting um, Street Fighter 6. Not out of, out of nowhere, but it's, it's kind of like, okay, the timing is uh, very... Is it very good for Street Fighter 6 to be putting out a game this year? I don't know yet. Because Street Fighter 5 is kind of um, being fleshed out a little more. But I will say this. If they do release Street Fighter 6 this year, they can't, they cannot pull the same shit they did with Street Fighter 5. Street Fighter 5 was a mess at launch. You could barely play it. You know, you could only play the campaign and you could only play online. They can't be pulling that shit again. They can't be like, okay, here's base Street Fighter 6 and then the arcade edition and then the turbo edition and all those bullshit editions after. Like, release the game. Just release the game. Don't make us wait for another edition so that people can like sit down on a couch and play together or even online or whatever. But the fact that you had we had to wait and wait for characters to roll out and wait for everything else to roll out for the game and more patches and more patch. No, they can't do that this time. It's unacceptable. So I'm hoping that they flesh it out a little more um, this time around and don't uh, throw any spanners in the works for people that, you know, want to sit down and play their favorite fighting franchise. However, let's talk a little bit about that logo we just saw. This one comes from Sammy Parker over at Push Square, who says Street Fighter 6's logo is basically an Adobe stock graphic. I knew that. I knew that. Because when I saw this thing, I was like, holy shit, that's just a, a vector from Adobe. Straight up. So here is what is said. If we're honest, there are more people talking about Street Fighter 6's logo than the actual game. To be fair, Capcom's late night reveal didn't give us a fat lot about to a uh, fat lot to chat about. Ryu's still got a beard. Ryu's still got his beard. Uh, has pretty uh, has a pretty wide torso, and newcomer Luke is returning to the fray. The logo, however, has become a huge talking point. Street Fighter is, uh, of course, historically known for its flashy fonts, but this comparison edited together by Reddit shows the dramatic change. Right, so here is the logos from the past, pretty much what we expect from Street Fighter, and then we had this vector logo that just got smacked in front of our faces, like, wow, that's a different look, but hold on a second, that's an Adobe logo. So, our initial impression is that it's extremely esports flavoured, that's pretty much what I thought. The kind of emblem that you could easily add on jerseys and such, what I thought as well. We're not sure why, but it gives us uh, a free-to-play flavor. Perhaps more surprising it's, uh, is that it's literally based on an Adobe stock graphic. And there's the graphic there. That's the exact graphic that I thought it was. It's, it's a little, like, tiny different, tiny differences, but it's almost exactly the same. So, you know, the... Um, you know, the shape around it is thinner on the official one. We've got that six, obviously, but the S and the F a little thicker. However, it's almost identical, almost identical. So uh, there's also another fan-made graphic underneath that says, I redesigned the Street Fighter logo to give it some personality. Uh, and, it, you know, that looks way better. If anything, you can still slap that on a, on a jersey and it still looks eSports. But this one here, just, I don't know. I think it's going to cause him some headaches. 
in terms of legal legal uh, grounds and everything. I think that's going to cause them some headaches because they don't they don't own this. So I don't know. It's 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 very much a situation that's gonna that's a develop that's gonna be a developing situation now that it's been highlighted. I, I think that no, if nobody recognized it in terms of like you know graphics designers, which was bound to happen anyway, uh, then it wouldn't have been a big deal. But now that people have brought that up and people are talking, Adobe is gonna be on the case for sure. There's no doubt in my mind they're gonna try and cash in on it somehow. Anyway, talking about. Things that should have been released uh, last year, but got pushed into uh, this year. This one comes by way of, once again, Sammy Barker over at Push Square says, God of War, Ragnarok, PS5, PS4, still pegged to be released this year. He says it's coming. <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West is out now. Check out Horizon Forbidden West guide. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 is right around uh, the hairpin bend, which means Sony's uh, attention will eventually have to transition to God of War, Ragnarok. This title is largely being kept undercover to allow PlayStation to focus its attention on the aforementioned PlayStation 5 and PS4 exclusives. But with a few with few other titles in the organization's immediate pipeline, the spotlight will need to shift eventually. Some fans have pondered, however, some fans have pondered, however, whether Kratos and uh, Atreus Adventure will even arrive in 2022 as planned. As part of an innocuous post on Reddit's gaming leaks and rumors, community one uh, community one fan pondered whether the title will be pushed back. But respect the Bloomberg journalist Jason Schreier uh, parachuted in with a one-word answer: Nope. Now it's unclear whether Schreier is sharing his personal or professional opinion here, uh, but he's well connected. He's a well connected writer who's presumably heard a thing or two about the project's uh, project's progress. So taking it off Schreier's word is one thing, and I'll be honest with you, Schreier is a bit of a knob anyway. So who gives a shit? If you're asking me, um. I would have to say that it's probably not going to be hitting this year anyway. Um, just kind of assuming that they pushed it from 2021 to 2022, but they've also dealt with the effects of the pandemic. We're talking like stuff that got announced back in 20, I think it was like mid 2020, right? Where we were fresh into a pandemic. We didn't know what to expect. We thought that the pandemic was only going to end in like a couple of weeks time or so. But now that we kind of know where we are with it and the effects that it's had on everything, like everything, and the gaming industry, I still think that they need time. And they're not willing to crunch their workers. They're, they're really not. We're talking about like something that needs to be as fleshed out as possible. A first party title that needs to be Great. God of War was great. I'm talking God of War 2018. That game is immaculate in terms of story, structure, gameplay, um, fluidity, uh, character progression, everything. That game is immaculate. However, coming into Ragnarok, um, are we going to expect a decrease in any of those qualities? It's possible given the pandemic. I still think that, like, as much as I've played of Forbidden West, it's shown that the pandemic has given it a hit in terms of some of the stuff that I've seen and we've just talked about, texture pop-ins and everything else. 
we have to come to expect that there are going to be some uh, hurdles to overcome for some of these developers. This is one of them. This is going to be one of them. Time. They're going to need that time. And whether or not, you know, it's up to Sony. At the end of the day, it's up to Sony whether they're allowing it. And to be honest, let's, let's face fact, I don't think that we're ever going to see PlayStation turn around and be like, you got a deadline to meet here. Especially when it's backed by first party. So I, I, I have a lot of faith that God of War Ragnarok, when it's ready, it'll be ready. Like Just like Corey Barlog said, you know, even though he, he has kind of zero say or anything right now, I mean, I, I'm sure that he's like, you know, pulling Shigeru Miyamoto to Retro Studios, popping his head in and going, hey, how's, how's the game going over here, guys? But other than that, like, I'm sure that it's going to be one of those things where when it's ready, we'll know about it. And I am happy to wait. Honestly, I am more than happy to wait for this game. I don't want it to be rushed. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, well, geez, we're still waiting for this game to actually come out. So, no, I don't want that. But speaking of crunch, let's talk about uh, Horizon Forbidden West and how Gorilla avoided crunch time with this game. So this one comes by way of Sammy Barker over at Push Square, who says, Horizon Forbidden West delay enabled Gorilla to avoid crunch. Just as I said, first-party studio, no crunch. Why? Because they were given extra time. What they needed. They needed that time. So, you know, albeit of a game that was touted for 2021, ended up coming out in 2022 because they needed that development time. So it's always good news when we hear, uh, you know, it's not the best news to hear about a gaming, uh, game release delay, but it's always good news to hear about it because it means more development time, more stuff to flesh out, that they know that they can't put it on shelf. Like they know it can't go gold just yet because it's not ready. And whether or not the base game right now is ready or not, that's another question uh, that has to kind of be answered with some of these hot fixes that are coming out right now. But the article reads, Horizon Forbidden West is out now. And we absolutely love it. The game, which we awarded a 9 out of 10 in our Horizon Forbidden West PS5 review, that's on Push Square, uh, was originally scheduled to release towards the tail end of last year, but was pushed back ever so slightly to, into February. Uh, that, according to game director Mathis de Jong, um, was a decision made to help the Dutch developer to avoid crunch. Quote, we are very aware of the disadvantages of crunching, so we take that into the account in a lot of our planning, end quote. He told a Dutch news website, Machine Translated. Quote, to give an example, at Christmas, we said that there would be no work and that everyone could just have, two week, have a two-week vacation. The company was closed, so you couldn't even go, to, go there to work, end quote. He went on uh, that he accepted that not only every, uh, everyone wants a Christmas holiday. Quote, some people like to keep working. And we're not going to stop that, he explained. But stressed that the company uh, sends out a strong message when it comes to crunch. Quote, Forbidden West might have come out at the end of last year, but then we might have had to work overtime. People also need to be able to relax and take vacations, end quote. Uh, they go on, while the PS5 and PS4 did feel the absence of Horizon Forbidden West over the Christmas period, Sony's having a killer start to 2022. And that's true. And that's true. Like, we, we're looking at, you know, something that's immediately showing 
how great it is that these companies are taking the time and giving their developers time, like even just time for themselves to enjoy their breaks, to relax, and then come back to work and work even more because why? They work harder and they're more determined and encouraged and enthused to make sure that it's quality that they're getting out, that it's not something that's going to be rushed, just rushed to, to market, you know? And, <coughs> I, excuse me, I talk about like games like Cyberpunk in the past on Ops and, you know, we're going to be bringing it up again today, but it's one of those things where Cyberpunk being that leading example of crunch time and how bad that game came, like, came out and how much it's still struggling to this day we still don't we still don't have that promised next gen cyberpunk experience other than PC and even PC had its problems so we're really seeing what an example of it so so like honestly if you look at it cyberpunk should have not come out when it did and it still did why because they needed that uh, CD project red the publisher wanted it on the shelf and that's bad. That's bad for business. I'm sure that they have their stakeholders and stockholders and all that bullshit to answer to at the end of the day. But guess what? A bad game is a bad game. Bad press is bad press. And you lose faith in your fans. Your fans will lose faith in you. They will not pick up your games later on. So it's better off for everybody, including your stakeholders, if you say, we well, have to push the game back. We have to. There was no other choice. So Horizon Forbidden West is a, is a shining example of what to do when you are not ready for a game to come out. And I'm sure God of War will be a shining and a leading example of what to do when a game is not ready to come out. Delay. You have to. It doesn't matter. As fans, we'll wait. We will wait. Yeah, we'll be disappointed. I mean, yeah, there'll be ones out there that'll just be, oh man, I'm not going to get it now because it's delayed. Oh, it's going to be crap. No. There are fans out there that are smart enough to know the wait is worthwhile and we'll wait to make sure that it's quality. Anyway, the next one, and I think the last one, yes, it is. The last one comes by way of Robert Ramsey over at Push Square. And of course, talking about crunch and talking about, you know, cyberpunk once again, we have to highlight it. This one comes by way, Robert Ramsey, who says, Cyberpunk 2077 dev investigating PS4 to PS5 disc issues, trophy transfers, ping. This is, I, I cannot believe I'm still talking about this game. It's 2022 now, and I'm still talking about Cyberpunk 2077. Anyway, Cyberpunk 2077 has only just been reborn on PlayStation 5, but developer City Project Red is already looking into some fresh, uh, freshly reported issues. On Sony's platforms, this includes the problem that some players are having when trying to upgrade Cyberpunk on PS5 using their PS4 disc. Indeed, it's a free upgrade if you already own 2077 on last-gen console, and the, and the digital upgrade is a relatively simple process. Is a relatively simple process. Uh, which involves grabbing the PS5 version from the product page. You can uh, find out exactly how to upgrade uh, by clicking on the link that's on this page. <laughs> anyway, but again, the upgrade isn't working for some people who have a physical copy. 
The Polish studio is also, quote, looking into the possibility of allowing players to transfer their trophy data from PS4 to PS5, which should let you unlock all of the trinkets that you may already have in the last-gen version. Right now, no trophy data carries over, so they need to be attained all over again. Everybody knows how I feel about trophies anyway. So, here's where we are. Cyberpunk 2077 is having problems on next gen. Why am I not surprised? This is something that has been developing now for over a year. How can they continue to keep doing this is beyond me. This game has been, it's, it's not even in developmental hell anymore, but it's still in developmental hell. How does, how does that even happen? Whether or not this is a PlayStation, whether or not this is a PlayStation issue is like, I've never had an issue of upgrading my games from PS4 to PS5 ever. The fact that people are now having issues with their physical copies to update to PlayStation 5, that's beyond me. Like, that's a joke. How are they, how is, how are they incapable? Of a smooth, seamless experience. We're talking about CD Projekt Red, the people who developed The Witcher. And they can't get this right? This is, this is now a joke. A running gag. And they continue to do this. They continue to do this. The disappointment is real with fans. They, they cannot... like. I don't know how fans are actually going to forgive CD Projekt Red for an experience like this. This is such a rocky experience. I remember when I, I remember when I reviewed the original copy that I had, and I said that I was going to wait because it was just this is what it is. I haven't even I haven't even downloaded the new the new version yet. Will I? I don't know. Will I ever? Probably not. Why? Not for anything, but it's just disappointing. It's disappointing. I hate it. I hate talking about this game now. I hate when I see, you know, like Keanu Reeves has got to think that this is a public relations nightmare. I'll never do a video game again. Because that's how it is. That's what it looks like. How can you attract anybody from Hollywood to ever want to do a video game again when this is, it's this much of a colossal fuck up? Like, I'm lost for words on what to say. The crunch was enough. But this is ridiculous now. You're ma- it's essentially you've made fans wait way too long. The hype was so much, so, so overhyped that you cannot come back from this and be like, oh, look, we, you know, we're about quality. No, you're not. You're not anymore. You're not. I'm sorry, your quality assurance is shit. That's how it is. And this is even worse. But can you imagine booting up uh, Cyberpunk on PS5 and it having no same issues again? That's probably, you know, what fans are going to run into and be like, well, what the fuck? It wasn't enough that, you know, uh, PlayStation themselves had to fork out of their own wallet to help pay you guys to refund these people. 
It's a joke. Anyway, that's enough for the news. Alright guys, let's talk a little bit about Horizon Forbidden West. Thanks to the kind folk over at PlayStation Australia, who provided the review code uh, for me to check out the game. I will say I haven't played too much of it just yet, um, but I've played enough. I've played around about five hours of the game, and so far it's gorgeous. Um, I think that... So here's where I'm standing right now in terms of how I'm feeling between Forbidden West and Zero Dawn. Right now, Forbidden West, because it's in its early stages with me, like because I'm still like at the beginning of the game, I'm still kind of finding my footing with this sequel. I think it's going to be... It's going to be interesting how it kind of rolls out, like the story, how the story development kind of uh, progresses. But I still think that we're in for something of playing that comparison game of whether or not this is better than Zero Dawn. And I can already tell you that this is way better. I Personally, I'm feeling like what they've done in terms of tech, technological, I'd say the story right now is still playing itself out. So I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel about the story just yet. I do know that the basis of it, and like I'm keeping this spoiler free, I do know the basis of it is very much going to be a heartfelt thing, just like Zero Dawn. But this is more of Aloy trying to find herself, trying to find her footing. She's already grown up. We know about her, her story about growing up and everything, but this is now Aloy trying to find herself. Now, whether or not, you know, like let's talk a little bit about the technological aspect of it. It's already way better than. Zero Dawn, I have to say. Some of the in-game cinematics, the uh, in-game visuals, it's rendered all in-game. I'm, I'm like, what the f- <laughs> Like, when, when I started playing, I was like, there is no way that this game is uh, rendered in-game. It was. It was all in-game. And I was like, holy shit. And yes, I did suffer from some of those texture popping moments. And that's what made me realize that it was rendered in-game. But still, for this stuff, like what you're seeing, if you're watching the video version, the VOD right here on this, like this way, this way, this way, there, this, this way, <laughs> this preview right here. This is in game. This is in, this, that's freaking phenomenal. You know, we've seen some stuff that's been pre-rendered and post-rendered and like spliced and all that kind of stuff. But this is rolling in game. And for that to be rolling seamlessly like this is it's tremendous. So in that aspect, fantastic. I'm in love. And I'm also love the fact that interacting with a lot of uh, the NPCs in the game, they're not robotic. They're not, you know, dead-eyed robotic and the dialogue doesn't kind of uh, just um, isn't face-to-face, -face, standing face-to-face. -face. You know, a lot of the time you're talking to people in different places now, they're actually showing emotion. They're actually being human. So it's really cool. And yeah, it does have those uh, moments where, uh, you know, the telltale moments of uh, choose um, the dialogue here, ask question here, ABC and all that kind of stuff that it had in Zero Dawn. And that's, that's what made uh, Zero Dawn awesome. But stuff like this, like what you're seeing on the VOD right now, this is stuff made of legends. Like this is incredibly visually sensational. And I'm surprised, you know, by the fact that I look at this and go, holy shit, 
this is honestly the best video game I've ever played. Like, it, visually the best video game I've ever played. And honestly, it is. It's visually the be the most striking video game I've ever played. They've really fleshed out the Zero, the zero Dawn experience with, for for with Forbidden West. It's not just a repeat performance. We're not getting, you know, an encore here. We're getting something that's made with love. And you can really tell the fluidity of some of the motions that you do when controlling Aloy as well has been completely overhauled. Some of the in-game um, in-game cinematics, not not the lengthy ones, some of the short like stints that we get, like Aloy, um, you know, uh, climbing down or sorry, uh, uh, you know, repelling uh, down a mountain or uh, cliffside or you know, like riding through some of the vast fields and everything else. They're some of the most exciting parts of the game because you don't expect it half the time. You're like, whoa, holy shit. And it's just, uh, I adore everything that I've seen so far from this game. Now, story-wise, if it, it kind of continues on this trend here a little bit that I'm seeing, then I might have some questions, some follow-up questions later down the line. But right now, Horizon Forbidden West for me personally is incredible. It's a, it's a one of a kind experience that you can only play on PlayStation Five. Like I, I say, five because zero load times. Um, you know, really does play there. If you just had a look at uh, the VOD, there was some texture popping that just happened there. All right now, I can only imagine how it's going to be on PlayStation Four if that's the case, because there would definitely be. It'd take a lot longer for some of these graphics to load. Um, there are some, uh, visual kinks as well that happen, like, uh, Aloy's hair is still kind of there. You can see Aloy's hair is still a little frazzled in some, uh, areas. I think she was just kind of, uh, leaning down. I remember one specific scene where she was in the underground there and she was leaning down and holding her hands on her head and her hair was just kind of like flailing around and everything. So there, there are little things that they can iron out. Those are little, small, tiny little glitches that, you know, bugs, if anything, that won't matter in the grand, sc in the grand scope of this game. This game is, uh, you know, a marvel in itself that I think people will look mainly for, you know, the visually pleasing aesthetic of riding through these vast open canyons and being atop a tall mountain, uh, you know, and then, you know, fighting machinery and experiencing some of the uh, camera work that happens as well. Because I'll tell you what, there's some seriously great, great camera work that happens in this game. I think that we, with, with Zero Dawn, or sorry, with Horizon becoming now a franchise, the more and more that this series gets fleshed out, the better it'll be for PlayStation down the line. You know, it's it's incredible that we get a horizon at the beginning of a generation. Can you imagine what it's going to look like at the end of a generation when developers really unlock the true potential of the PlayStation 5? Because right now we're at the start. This is the base. Just like Naughty Dog would at, at the start, at the beginning of a generation, when they push hardware... Other developers kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say take advantage, but they um, they kind of work with it. Uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm kind of uh, losing words right now. Um, 
but basically they kind of copycat it and they say, okay, we can work with that. We can raise the bar. We can go over that. And yeah, of course, Naughty Dog always set the bar. And the bar now has been set even higher with Forbidden West. It's going to be interesting when Naughty Dog finally reveal whether they're doing The Last of Us Part 3 or the next Uncharted game or whatever it may be, a new IP. Because they got to do better than this. They have to do better than this? This game? This game is incredible already. I can't wait to actually sit down and complete it, review it, because I tell you what, already I know in my mind I'm, I'm like 10 out of 10 already, and I haven't even gotten through five, five hours of this game. So there is my initial impressions. I know it's overhyping it, but a little bit and trying to oversell it or whatever, or at least what that's what you think. But I, I, I am so happy with uh, Forbidden West so far. It is an essential for PlayStation owners. Even if you're on PlayStation 4, it's essential. Essential gaming. So make sure you pick it up. Thanks to the kind folk over at PlayStation Australia who provided the review code. All right, guys, it is time for the drop. And we've got a few, actually, uh, that are coming out within the next two weeks here. So uh, let's begin. Now, uh, there is one that I will mention um, that ca- that comes out tomorrow of uh, the um, posting of this uh, podcast. Martha is Dead on PS4 and PS5. Now, PC, Xbox, and Xbox Series S, X and S have stated the game will be uncensored. It will be censored on PlayStation 4 and 5. Why? Who the fuck knows? But it is. So, um, you know, uh, when picking up the game, understand that you're not getting the entire experience. You are getting a censored experience. Don't know if PlayStation is going to eventually fix that up, but that's where, we're at. that's where we are with Martha is Dead. So Martha is Dead on... PS4 and PS5, February 24th. Tormented Souls on PS4, February 25th. Uh, Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemist of Mysterious Dream on PS4, February 25th. Grid Legends, PS4, PS5, February 25th. Elden Ring, the big one. The big, big, big one. February 25th on PS4 and PS5. Shadow Warrior 3 on PS4, March 1. Uh, Conan Chop Chop on PS4, March 1. Elex 2 on PS4 and PS5, March 1. Far Changing Tides on PS4, PS5, March 1. Uh, Little Orpheus on PS4 and PS5, March 1. 35mm or 35mm on uh, PS4, March 2nd. A Musical Story, PS4, PS5, March 2nd. Babylon's Fall on PS4 and PS5, March 3rd. Gran Turismo 7 on PS4 and PS5, March 4th, and What Lies in the Multiverse, PS4, PS5, March 4th. Uh, There is a great collection of games there. Obviously, Elden Ring being the big one, Gran Turismo being a big one for PlayStation fans. Um, Martha is dead. You know, it's a shame that, you know, PlayStation fans get a censored version of it, but it is what it is right now. Um... Atelier Sophie 2 will definitely be one I'll check out because I like the Atelier series. I really... Like, obviously, being a JRPG fan, I really did like the last one, so I'll definitely be checking out um, that one. 
Guys, if you didn't know, this has been Operation PlayStation, DashGamer.com's dedicated PlayStation podcast, where we dive deep and dirty and discover what the latest and greatest, including next-gen gaming. If you like what you hear today, make sure that you follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other services. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings. They surely help us out. And also catch the VOD over on DashGamer.com. And on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell. Give us a like, leave us a comment. It surely helps us out. We'll be back in two weeks for another episode of Operation PlayStation. But until then, this operation is complete. DashGamer.com